gentlemen, we're here. We are. We're New back. background for Daniel, really doubling down on Lee's winning the, the cup, uh, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> and to a lot of the people that thank you again for listening to the people. Uh, but they've asked me, like, why is your background always changing? So I'm going to keep this one because it goes so well. With the until theme. the Leafs, until the Leafs uh, are no longer in the playoffs, which depending on who you ask, if you ask a certain uh, friend of the show, it'll be in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Chris Weidman. Yeah, same with Chris Weidman. Uh, it'll be in a couple. He'll <laughs> be in a couple weeks. Um, so yeah. I hope you enjoy the background for a couple weeks, Dan. Yeah. I have this until June, I guess. So for anyone, we should probably mention if you're not watching a video version of this. For your Zoom background, you've made the what is the the backdrop for the Leafs' 2021 playoff run? Yes, the playoff seven run. game series yeah, against the Montreal say, like, Canadiens. Like, geez, don't give them that much credit. Sorry, it sorry, it's the only one, one I could find. Oh, I get it. It's 21 into yeah, the, the two one one podcast is, playoffs. Yeah, yeah, into the P, and then it says rally, and obviously the wrong team rallied in Rallied's, that series. Yeah, yeah. Well, the right team for me, but you yeah. know. Yeah. That was you have to show stuff. something. You have something to show, Adam. Yeah, I do. So yeah, before, so this is what's going on in today's episode. Uh, the regular season is done. Went by quick, eh? Went by yeah. quick. So it is time yeah. to preview the playoffs. Along with that, a lot of firings have happened all of a sudden. A lot of coaches are gone. Uh, but we should mention, obviously, uh, because the Canadians are not in this playoffs, which is always uh, unfortunate. Um, we were going to open the show with other stuff to do with the Canadians. I went to the home closer, the last home game of the season, as I always do. Um, had a bit of fortune and uh, was lucky enough to be one of the very, as, as people may or may not know, at the last home game. I think every team does this. If they don't, come on. Uh, at the last home game of every season, um, if you're lucky enough, you get drawn for jersey off your back night and you get a game-worn jersey from the players. I got the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, you know he always works hard, and you could tell when he took his jersey off. I held it, and it was incredibly heavy because it was full of sweat. It still smells bad. Uh, I got Brendan Gallagher's jersey. Got hey, to meet the guy. There we go. Um, the Habs threw up a video on Twitter. I have, oh my it. God, I have it's, it. It's fan it's appreciation. I know, I know that guy. I know that guy. I know that guy. I think at that moment I was telling him I was starstruck, and he just laughed and was like, you don't oh. need to be. But I was like, Gally, it's you. I think I was oh. – it was a great guy. Great guy. Um, so yeah, I got Gallagher to sign it, obviously. Um, uh, Mike Matheson, because it was in order of numbers, so okay. Matheson's guy was next to me. You know how Kent Hughes was like Matheson's the type of guy you let your daughter marry, and we we're like, what does that even mean? Yeah. One conversation with the guy, I get it. Just what a charmer, just an absolute charmer. Love the dude. Love the dude. I was like, How's the first year here? And he's like, I'm happy to be home. Oh, he's what oh, a fantastic dude. Yes, yes. Um, Nick Suzuki. Because yeah. he was next to me, obviously. And the man was there. He Carey was. Price was there. Oh. Got in the sign. I got a picture with him. And uh, I managed to get out more than you're real. I told him, like, I've met you before. And all I could say was you're real. And he laughed. So um, <laughs> got a picture with Cole Caulfield, too. I got him to sign my Caulfield jersey because I was wearing it. So I need a new jersey to wear now. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. So they actually had this little chip in it. And uh, in the jerseys, and when you went to go, because they actually had COAs ready in little suit bags, as I, as, just so you could like keep it clean in that, which was cool. Um, and they took out these little chips, and I'm like, is that a player tracking thing? And I guess this guy worked in their analytics department. He's like, yeah, and obviously, you know, we can't give that away to you guys. <laughs> um, oh, but it was wicked. It was such an awesome, awesome night. Awesome. It was it was wicked. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. they lost, so even better. 
Yeah. So what's funny is they were winning. Then when <sighs> the season ticket or some, then when the player, like the, the, the agent came to be like, Hey, we got to go down now. Yeah. Uh, by the time I got to the elevator to go to the ground level, the Bruins were winning. So the game turned around. There was a fight. There were goals. The game turned around very quickly uh, for uh, the Bruins there. Um, yeah, this this reeks. This is uh, yeah. It's funny when I was giving it to the COA people to put it away. The girl was like, "Well, clearly Gallagher played tonight," and they yeah. were just they were like, "Yeah, this is." He was a sweaty boy because he gives his heart every night. He leaves yeah. it out there, and I told him that I'm like, "Never change, Gally. Never will." Yeah, never will. So, gonna, what are you gonna do with it? Bag now. How are you gonna uh, store it? Um, well, for now, by the way, Charlotte has the RBC patch on it. God damn it. Yeah. Um, so eventually, um. I am going to frame it. Yeah. Uh, for now, it is very safely going to be in my closet in the suit bag next to my Caulfield one. I have a few jerseys I need to get framed, honestly. Um, but eventually, it, it will be. It will be like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, fuck it. It, it just it just smells. But like, there's a charm to that because you know Galley yeah. played art and he did. Yeah. But yeah, I put this away. Um, I'll be back. Let me just go put this back in my closet. Okay. You guys well, I, I'll, I'll kill some seconds. time. I'll kill some time. So it's funny because I was out with, um, I was out with Mike Thursday night, and I remember pulling out. I, I was looking on Twitter. I don't remember how I found it or if he had found it, but I remember just both of us looking at it and like just after a few beverages, of course. <laughs> um, there was a, there was a, there was a lot of yelling going on between the two of us. You know, the boys, I'll say, the boys in the group chat were going absolutely nuts. That was a good feeling for the boys. It was wild. It was wild. I I was not expecting. I saw it. So I saw the tweet. I remember seeing it after the fact, after Mike had shown me. He just showed me the video. But I didn't realize it was a tweet. And so I'm scrolling on my phone and I see it and I'm looking at this video and I'm like, no word of a lie. I'm like, I know this guy. But I'm like, I'm trying to figure out who this is. And I'm like, oh, it's Adam. (laughs) That was awesome. So good remember us, Adam, when you're famous. Hey, I was I was back at my hotel by the time I saw the video. I obviously they always post the video, so I knew there was a chance that it was gonna happen. Yeah. But Gallagher was the first player over. So when you think about it, of course, whoever is gonna be filming is gonna be ready for the shot. And they got right. a good one, eh? Because you know, we're yeah. we're having a decent conversation. Um but yeah, it was um really good dude, Gallagher. Really, really, really humble. Um yeah. But yeah, freaking great. People loved Cole, obviously. There was a line to talk to Cole. Wow, because obviously it's Cole Caulfield and they, they love him. Hurry up and sign the contract, Cole. Did um, you get to talk to Slavkovsky? I want to know about his hat. Nah, I want so to know the about the hat. Was, I want to know the hat. So first off, it was really, really busy, obviously, because yeah. they brought like everyone. Like everyone was there. Uh, and right. obviously with how many different people have played for the Habs this year. Um, and because the way it was lined up, I was actually at the very, very end of the line because obviously Matheson eight. I don't know where Weidman was when I think about it. I don't think I saw number six near me. It was like obviously Matheson, then me with Gallagher, then Suzuki, and then so on and so forth. Um, so by the time I got down there, a lot of them had already left. Cole uh-huh. had stayed around because he's the he he knew. Um, in fact, I think I was the last one who doc- who got to talk to Price before he left, which was pretty like if I had missed that, it would have been very sad. Yeah. So I didn't get to see Slav. He stayed around for a bit. Jack I stayed around for a bit, but then he left pretty pretty quickly. But um yeah, no, I didn't didn't get to see Slav Coffee, but that was a good hat. It was a good hat. It was an interesting hat. Yeah. What's what's funny too is when we were in like the little 
tunnel where the Zamboni comes out, like waiting yeah. to go out. All of a sudden, you just hear a roar and a chant starts, and you just hear, Carrie, Carrie, Carrie. Yeah. You just knew the man was there. Yeah, the yeah. man was there. Loves, loves, lovely, lovely. Okay. Um, I said we talk about the playoffs. We could do our season review for the Canadians at the end of this, but um, we sure. should get to the playoffs. They are the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, like best day of my life. That was wicked. Oh, that's awesome. Brendan Gallagher, you're the man. Never change, Gallagher. Okay, so playoffs. Man, um, before we get going, besides the obvious one being the Leafs in Tampa Bay, do you guys have a series that you are looking forward to the most? Um, uh, I'm going to say New York, New Jersey, man. That's, that's a series. Like, listen, there's another one I could say too, but to me, that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Cause I think as soon as, uh, both teams loaded up, mm-hmm. uh, and New York and the Rangers loaded up early, right. Getting Tarasenko a few weeks before the deadline, before really anyone else had done anything, um, that's going to be a really, really t- interesting series. And you know what? It's dumb as crap that it's on the same day as the Leafs. I'm just going to say really, it. I'm just going to yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to say it. Like, it's real stupid that it's on the same day as the Leafs. But mm-hmm. I was going to say the same series also. But from a nostalgic perspective on things, I love that the Battle of the Hudson is back. But at the same time, both teams are, like, I think I've mentioned this before, like the rivalries we've seen before, but like, We've never seen both teams this loaded up in so long. Mm-hmm. It's either one was, well, for a long time, the Rangers were good, and then the Devils were still trying to find their way. But now I think that it's a legitimate series that we, I'd love to see it go to game seven. I'd love to see this rival rivalry renewed in a sense. Well, then we might as well start talking about that series then. Huh? Sure. I was going to start with LA and Edmonton. But oh, that's the we'll, that's we'll, the other we'll, one to look we'll, out for. But we'll we'll go with the Rangers Rangers in New Jersey here though, because uh, I yeah I do think if there are two series people are looking forward to, it's Toronto Tampa and it's Rangers New Jersey. So we look at it. These are two teams, of course, that at the trade deadline, obviously the Devils go out get Timo Meyer, the big fish. We've seen the big, uh, what is he, Swiss? Swiss fish? Something yep. like that? Swiss, yeah. Um, and the Rangers, we've just said it, obviously, went out and got two of the biggest forwards available. Big question will be, how will Patrick Kane hold up in a long playoff run? How will Igor Shosturkin look going into the playoffs? And a big one for me, how will Vitek Vanacek perform? That's a big one. He's been great this regular mm-hmm. season, but is he enough? To get the Devils past the Rangers. Spoiler alert: I have the Rangers winning this series, but you know. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's going to be different. Um, I like that you did point out the goaltending because the last time they faced each other in the playoffs, where you know they had two of arguably the best goalies to ever play, uh, Henrik Lundqvist, Martin Brodeur. Um, that was when the Devils actually. I think yeah, that was the last time they made the finals, and. It's interesting because I think like there's that tradition in New Jersey of like, okay, we, we, we had these this type of goaltending for so long, and then it's been a, I believe it's been like a carousel for a while now. Like we, there was the Corey Schneider streak, but that didn't really lead to the playoffs. You know, they they played him to the ground, and I I think I have to go with the Rangers at least for this one based on experience of what they had last year. Um, a lot of the younger guys are. 
a lot more mature. I think with New Jersey, this is just the first step of what we're going to see later on. But I don't know, like the Rangers did kind of seem more complete. We, we talked about Shosturkin and he didn't really have the same year he had last year, but I still trust him to get them deep. Yeah, I'm, I am I also have the I have the Rangers in uh, six. Um, just, I, I just think goaltending is going to be a really, really big factor in this series. I think if you look everywhere else, I think it's close to even. I think you can make an argument for either team um, being better up front, being better on the back end. I think the, the two, to me, bringing in Tarasenko and bringing in Patrick Kane are needle movers to a, a, a really large um, extent. Timo Meyer obviously is going to be great this year and for the foreseeable future if he signs long-term there. Um, but I think if you're looking at the, the the two teams in front of you now and the way they're constructed and how they're performing, I honestly thought the Rangers uh, could have passed the Devils uh, in the standings. They didn't. Um, but... I, I'm still going New New York here just because um, I think it's going to come down to goaltending. And I know you guys both pointed out Igor hasn't had the same year he's had last year, but I think he's still had a really good year and it's going to uh, keep going in the playoffs. Daniel, do you have an official? So Alex, you said six games, right? Yeah. Daniel, how many games? I'm going to say seven. Seven, just to be fun with it. Rangers yeah. in seven. So yeah. here's a big thing for me is Timo Meyer obviously helps the physicality for the Devils, but I think the longer this series goes, the better it is for the Rangers. Uh, that defense is just murderers around. You know, like obviously the same sort of respect to the Devils one, but I don't know if the Devils defense. I I just don't know if they are punishing enough in a way. Like no mm-hmm. one, no one else has Jacob Truba in this league. But, you know, I'm interested, obviously, also we should mention Jack Hughes in the playoffs is something we've all been waiting for, and I'm very excited to see that. Um, but yeah, ultimately, like, it's unfortunate that this has to be a first-round series, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I, I also have the, the Rangers in six. Uh, it's just all due respect to the Devils. I love them. Um, but not not this year, just not this year. Uh, no disrespect to them. It's just not just not now. And I want to say Shosturkin's advanced numbers are still really, really good. Um like is is again Rangers defense is physical. When it comes to being in their own end, do I worry? Yeah, but I just don't know if if the Devils are really going to be able to take advantage of that. I just don't. Um, and again, Truba in the playoffs will probably get away with murder. Exactly. And yeah, that'll be what happens. Okay, so we're all in agreement there. Yeah. Um, you know, we might as well track this as it goes. New York Rangers. Um, we all agree. I'll mark it as green. I don't know why, but oh, that looks awful on the white screen. That was a mistake. Okay, let's go to the other matchup in the Metropolitan. It is the New York Islanders. They do squeak in. Pittsburgh miss. Heartbroken, I am. Versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, obviously, the Hurricanes are missing some pretty important players. Um, Even though Max Patch already didn't play much at all, he's not there. Uh, Svechnikov is unlikely to play, to say the least. I don't even know if they make it all the way, if he'd be able to make it. We never know of hockey players. But um, listen, if there is a team, I think, in this first round that can pull out an upset, I would be the most confident in the Islanders. And that's the simple fact that 
Ilya Sorokin is him. I will say, however, I don't I don't think it will be enough, but I do think the Islanders have a chance a chance to upset here. Because it's the Islanders, man. Like you can't count them out. Listen, uh I'm gonna go for it. I have the Islanders winning in seven. I don't know if Alexander. that's okay. I'm going to put it like this. Um, first off, Sorokin. I think he's the second best goalie in the league. Uh, or sorry, third best goalie in the league. Sorry, sorry. I don't want to get Mike upset. Third best goalie in the league. Um, and I think that's going to be a huge, huge factor here. I think the Hurricanes goal. It's not that the Hurricanes goalies aren't good, but we all saw what happened last year. They both went down, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's a factor. I love the Hurricanes uh, Hurricanes defense. We talk about them all the time. But if this game, if this series goes long, I just think it's in the Islanders' advantage because of the way they still play. Like, do they play drastically different than they than they did under Torts? Um, right. I, I don't necessarily think they do. I think one thing that we have to look at, and I just I'm just gonna pull this up uh, real quick as I'm as I'm stalling, but. Matthew Barzell is back, yeah. right? Like he was out for, for a period of time and he is now back. So I, I think that's going to be a, a huge factor for the Islanders. Yeah, he, oh, he is not back, but he's in the line. He's on daily faceoff. He's in the, in, in their lineup. So I think he's going to be in there. I think he said he's doing whatever he can to be if, in for game one. To me, if he's in this series, the Islanders win. That's what I think. Is if he's in this series, the he's a game changer for them, right? He's he is he is their first or second line center. I think if he's in it, they they win the series. Yeah, I I think right now the way the Islanders are with Barzell coming back, it is a bit more of a complete team than Carolina right now. Um, I love the Hurricanes and how they've played, how they've built up their team, how losing so many free agents throughout the years, they've been able to find ways to replace them, uh, goaltending especially. And th- the way I kind of see it too is, it's we mentioned like the longer it goes, it's like a war of attrition the way the Islanders play. Like they don't have the flashiest guys all the time, but they have, I think, the right type of guys for a playoff run. And again, like I've said before, they've been there before. They've gone to two conference finals. They've been able to kind of sustain themselves even when like, you know what I mentioned? Like they make these splashes, for example, like a Bo Horvat trade, but it's not necessarily like, oh, that's the superstar guy. It, it's like a team that they still have that collective identity that I think Carolina's kind of missing right now because there's just so many key guys out with injuries or struggling to come back. And when we mentioned goaltending, like Ilya Sorokin, I know Adam, Alex, you've been his biggest fan mm-hmm. this year. He's he's really solidified himself as a top three, top five goalie these last few years. And I love Frederick Anderson, but we, we've seen him in the playoffs. When he's not in Anaheim, just as an asterisk. Okay. Uh, so are you saying the Islanders are winning as well, Daniel? Yes, I was saying six. Wow. wow. I am uh <laughs> listen, you Thank two. You. Um I, I don't I don't know about that. Um listen, I, I will say this for the Islanders too. Uh people forget I know as an Islander he hasn't been as productive. Playoff Horvat's a thing. I like playoff Horvat a lot. Yeah. 
Um, I don't still forget think, about don't forget about Pierre Engvall, guys. I, I can't <laughs> Listen, I'm I still joking. think there's. I, I just don't think it'll be enough. Like, but, listen, this Canes team has to break through at one point. And I mean, listen, if they're gonna lose to anyone, it will be Boston probably <laughs> if they run into them because that's just how it is with Carolina. Is they run into Tampa or Boston and they'll lose, even though I don't, even though I I don't have Tampa getting out the first round. But you know, anyway, um, I I just don't. I still just don't think there's enough to overcome Carolina. I just think they're they're too good, and I think they have they're going to be be the the best coach team, maybe in in their division, which the obviously goes around. Yeah, yeah. I think you make think the point. So they're yeah, yeah. I, I find it very very difficult. I admire you guys have it, that you respect the Highlanders enough to do this, but I just don't. Um, I I personally don't see it. I think I have the Canes in six is what I had. Um, Carolina Islanders, yeah, Carolina in six. Um, yeah, what okay. did, did you say in in seven, Alex? Yeah, and I said six. You, okay, wow, I am I'm actually taken a little aback by that. I'm not gonna lie. Florida, Boston. Okay, listen, I I want to talk to my friend Alexander Baumgartner for a second here. Friend of the show, friend of the very good friend of the show, yes. very good friend of mine. I love the dude. Um. Listen, I love a lot of the Florida Panthers. I do. I've had some really good players break out this year. However, I just there's not an it's Boston. It's Boston. I mean, there there has been everything there. I just now let's not forget Sergey Bobrovsky has a history of upsetting record setting teams in the first round before as the That's second wild card. I can't That's wait true. for him to have an awful first period kept in and then for Jeff Merritt to say that Palm Reese has made the best coaching decision of the first round, like he did for Tortorella. Um, but I just I just don't see enough at all. I think this could be more competitive than maybe we think because since they got healthy, the Panthers have been a good team. Uh, did I have them in five? I have Boston in five, and I, I think I'm being very respectful with that. I just don't I just don't see it. I also have um, Boston in five, um, and I, I just the, this isn't a Florida thing. This is a Boston thing, right? Like they're four lines deep. Like I'm looking at their lines right now, and it's just ugly. Like I would not want to face off against this, and they're not. They don't even have Krejci or Nick Foligno in the lineup on daily face off right now. Like that's how that's how like just disgusting this team is. And like the defense is like uh, the best in the league. Like it's just, Oh, it's crazy. I would, I think a sweep would surprise me. I think Florida will still take a game. Um, I I think they win in five, two, like Adam said, Um, but this isn't a Florida thing. This is a Boston is an absolute God this year. Mm -hmm. I, I actually went with a sweep. For the Bruins, um, I think that the Panthers. I think they've gotten a lot better when everyone coming back with a lot of things kind of meshing in a way that we saw the last two seasons before this one is a team that's on the rise. Um, I think they they really did take a big big step back this year, and they're kind of caught up in like we're we're gonna figure this things out. Maybe we'll tweak things in the off season, but. 
for me, it's just the Bruins are just so complete. The chemistry is there. They perfect. They added the perfect guys to complement the core at the deadline, and they're just. I don't know. They're just at this point in the the playoffs. There's just no stopping them, at least in the first round. So I I will say this. I am excited to see Brad Marchand versus Matthew Kachuk for a series. That's going to be pretty. Uh, that's going to be funny. And Kachuk and will Tyler Bertuzzi and Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah, they will. Those guys will drag Florida in in the fight. It's just, it's just not enough. This is not enough. This Sorry, is the Marquise. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say Garnet Hathaway as well. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Dude, they have a problem on every single line. Yeah. It's, they got their identity, man. They got their identity. Trent Frederick. So let's look at Tampa, Toronto. This, this, this is the one that, for the sake of this podcast, we will be paying the most attention to. Right now, Alex, Alex is, is, is <laughs> laughing about this. I have Toronto oh, in five. Do do? What? Whoa! Toronto, Toronto in five. five? I, I have Toronto. Jeez! In five. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be edgy so, with mine. Uh, what is yours? I was gonna say Toronto in six. Okay. And then I thought no. I was gonna be the shocking one. Oh man. Okay. I uh, since we're all giving our predictions, I'm I'm going Toronto in seven. Um, actually, okay. yeah. Is that what I said? I wrote this down somewhere. Yeah, I have Toronto in seven. Um, listen, I. Uh, I don't so Mike asked me a good question. Mike asked me a really good question, which he doesn't do often. Um a couple weeks ago. He asked me, why are you like are you so high on Tampa because like it's a uh the impending doom that's coming? Um, or is it because of like the respect factor? And I go, it's both. Like the to me is they I understand he's not having a particularly fantastic year, but Andre Vasilevsky uh, is Andre Vasilevsky. Victor Hedman, who also isn't having a a great Victor Hedman year, is is still Victor Hedman. And I think you look at the core they have up front can turn it on. I'm not saying Toronto can't do those things. I'm just saying, have has anyone watched Tampa the last three years? Maybe their luck is going to run out. I don't know, but history, ha- recent history, has not shown me that. Um, so I, I think this is going to be a lot tougher series than maybe some people expect. Um, I do acknowledge the fact that Tampa did not end the season well. They just didn't. They were like three and eight in their last 11. Uh, They, whether John Cooper says there was a lack of intensity or not, there are two, the Leafs two best players weren't in the lineup in their last matchup. They're playing Joseph wall. Um, Connor Timmons was a third line forward. Like, and and they barely beat, they couldn't even, um, they, they, they couldn't even beat the Leafs. I, I'm going to acknowledge that. I just think this game, this series is going seven. I think it's inevitable. So my thing in five is not a disrespect to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, listen, I think people need to remember that this is still a team that finished very comfortably third in their division and in a division that has the best regular season team we've ever seen ahead of them. So you slant it. Uh, yeah. It's just a thing of, I just think the Leafs are more talented right now. 
Um, I think they'll miss Andre Palat more than we know right now. Um, do like will Tampa? Uh, by the way, like uh, when it comes to goal saved above average, Vasilevsky is still seventh right now on money puck. So yeah. like he's obviously still a factor. Um, Kucherov was like third in scoring in that. Uh, I, I just think it's I just think it's time. Like again, if you take away that is a very good question by Mike. If you take away just pure respecting and you look at what you see right now, comparing your team and you take away the doomsday clock. You know, shout out Watchmen. You take away the doomsday clock for Toronto. Uh, there's a reason they're the favorites in sort of any way you look at it. Um, again, and I, and I am a Habs fan saying that. I am taking away two teams that I despise. One that beat the team I love a few years ago in the finals and and the Leafs. I don't have to explain why that's a problem. But it's just, I think if you look at it, again, Vasilevsky is the edge in net. And if anyone tries to do you otherwise, they're stupid. Like, let's just not even, let's not even debate that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I do think right now in the forward group wise, that elite talent is is still there. Like Braden Point, I don't remember if he ended up hitting fifty. But yeah, yeah, he did. He, he did. did. He did. But Marner was a ninety nine point player. We're not rounding up Sheldon. That's not how it works. Um, but like Matthews, let's not forget too. The end of the season, he really started to pick up his form. Yeah, um, right. Nylander needs to pick it up a bit. Thank you for stopping playing in the middle of fantasy, William. God damn it. But I just think I think there's enough there, and the depth is better than it was last year. Um, you know, I just don't – I hate to say it, but I just don't see a way that Tampa get over the hump this time. And realistically, this is a series that probably should be later in the playoffs. It's another one where yeah. you, you hate it's in the first round. But, man, eventually the magic has to wear off. Before before Daniel goes, I just want to add like one point to what you're saying, and and I think this isn't disrespect to the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I will say if you look at the past this year and the last three years before, this team is are is arguably the the worst one, quote unquote. Um, like, and I don't mean that as district, like it's still a hell of a team, man. Like that, I I I could watch this Tampa Bay Lightning every day. Um, but arguably, I think you could very much make the argument that it's just not the same team that they've been the last three years, but they still deserve the respect that they've gotten. Uh, it's also blatant disrespect that Zach Bogosian was on the fourth pair yesterday in practice. So I will say that. <laughs> Daniel, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, um, for me, I think um, on your point, Alex, about this Lightning team, it's still an elite team. I, I believe so. But I think it's just the way the cap has been, the way they've been able to bring these guys in and really develop them. It's just at a certain point, especially when they're younger, you have to do pay these guys. And I think they just cut off a large chunk in the off season already losing Andre Palat. Like you've mentioned, I think a big thing was getting rid of Ryan McDonough because of those, because they got really essentially nothing back for him. Like Philip Myers was back and forth on waivers. Um, Tanner Dejeuneau, I think that was a very solid one, but I don't know. I think it just they're just a bit weaker in terms of two things. The clutch goals for Andre Palat or that back end where I, I know Sergachev has become arguably a number two defenseman at this point. And I just still don't think that there's there's just like there's not enough of what we've seen from previous seasons. And when you've mentioned the Leafs, Adam, it's it is that feeling of it is a more complete team. Uh, 
again, I mentioned it to the 2015 Blue Jays. I've been comparing that like crazy where, you know, Cal Dubas, Alex Andopoulos, both in their final years, no talks of an extension right now. And they went all in in, in the deadline and they just kind of think about, we're going to think about what's going to happen later on, but let's just go with this team. Um, I think the Leafs are tougher. I think they were more responsible. I think that when we saw a bad game from them, they were able to bounce back a lot more quickly. So I think that's a big factor for me now in this playoffs is they're they're going to take one or two losses maybe and they're going to be able to bounce back. And I think that's just the difference of what I see with this team. So that's why I'm still picking Toronto. I picked them last year. I was no. pretty close. They got to game seven. So I'll, I'll choose game six. I don't think I picked them last year, if I remember correctly. I think I had Tampa in seven. Um, but I will say, sorry, um, that McDonough, that's a that's a really good point about McDonough. I actually completely for sorry, completely forgot about that. And it's not a slight against Sergachev. It's it's the fact that you have three left-handed defensemen and every single pair you are just sending out an elite uh an elite defenseman. And I think by losing McDonough, that's just the inevitable. It's nothing against um, Sergachev. It's just it, it's the same thing if you have O'Reilly playing third line center. It's one Matthews, two Tavares, three O'Reilly. Like it's just a nightmare. Like it's just that. That's what it is. They're also two very different players. Like I get the level of it, but it's mm-hmm. like I don't know if Sergachev's going to have this defensive commitment. Sure. Or bring what McDonough will. Um, Although that's a leader too. I think that's the one thing we forget. It's like this is a guy that has been to the finals as a captain with the Rangers. Right. He's been that. through it all. I think the ups and downs with Tampa. So that was like a big piece that was lost, I think. Uh, before we move on, though, I will say I would love if the Leafs win in five because uh, I'm supposed to be in Ottawa the weekend of game six. Um, so... I'd prefer them not to win while I'm in Ottawa. Fair enough. Fair enough. Also, how healthy is Tanner Janot? One thing we should mention there. To the West. Okay, guys. I. Do you guys remember how I was super high on Minnesota last year? Yes. And then boom out. Just a terrible series against St. Louis out in the first round. I'm weirdly high on Dallas this year. Them versus Minnesota. Here we are. The North Stars are still in, in everyone's hearts and minds somehow. Listen, I, I just I love this Dallas Stars team. Um, Minnesota, I am interested to see what they do in net because obviously Fleury has sort of turned back the clock and at the same time, Philip Gustafson. Again, let me go back to Money Puck here. He is the seventh best defenseman when you look at goal saved above average, by the way, in 39 games played. Very interesting. It- Goalie, you mean? Yeah, what did I say? You said defenseman. I'm dumb. I mean, it makes uh, sense, too. He's also the but, you know, sorry. Yeah, there. he's okay, he's yeah. also been very, very good. Um, I'm just interested with, you know, let's just hope that, again, they go with the right goalie is all I'll say. I'll never bring this up again. But, listen, I, I love the Dallas Wait a Stars. Second. Are you talking about Cam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleur? Has anyone <laughs> looked at Cam Talbot? I'm talking about at the time. Talbot's not been good this year. This is true. But yeah. at the time, he was the better goalie. I mean, Phillips Augustuson's looking hella nice right now. Yeah, I, know. I will say that. He well, is. That West, Jesper Wallstadt. No, I'm kidding. Still, still <laughs> amazed that, that Edmonton didn't pick him, by the way. I'll never get over that. But hey, man. Stuart Skinner. Uh, anyway, um, listen, I have Dallas winning. Mm-hmm. And I do have Dallas winning 
in six games. Um, I just think, like, listen, at this point, it's not just relying on Sagan and Ben back in the day and be like, oh, just, they're almost secondary pieces now. I mean, Pavelski just refuses to age. Jason Robertson's an MVP. Miro Haskinen started to actually get a bit of offense to him, or his pucks are actually going in, I should say. The underline numbers have always been good. And man, Jake Ottinger in the playoffs, I mean, we'll see if he repeats what he did against the Flames last year. I just really, really like this Dallas team. I have them going to the finals. Like, I'm that high on them right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I also have them. Uh, you say uh, six? Is that what you said? I have them winning in seven. I think this. I, I think this series is 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 going to be a a long one. Um, I really like this Dallas team as well. I don't know if they'll necessarily make it to the final, but um, I, I like Minnesota. I just don't think they have enough yet, and I think that's fine. I just don't think they have enough yet. And that's where I, that that that's my sticking point. Like I think if you look, especially up front, uh, how effective some of those players have been. And Max Domi, I think, has fit there very nicely. Um, they're another team that you can make the argument for being four lines deep. Maybe not as good as uh, some of the other teams we've talked about, but you can absolutely make the argument for their first line probably being one of the best in the league, if not the best in Robertson, Hintz, and Pavelski, especially this year. Um, and, and I think that's going to be, and then Andre, another game changer, like goalies in the playoffs can, are absolutely game changers. I think I'm going to also have to go with seven. I think who, but who Dallas or Minnesota? Dallas. Yes. Dallas, okay. um, the North stars now. Um, yes. Um, yeah, I, I think, when you guys mentioned, I think Dallas, in a way, and I hope this makes sense, is they're more certain of themselves at each position. I think that they have proved me wrong. I remember last year when I thought, why are they buying on Niels Lundqvist? Like, they're just not there yet. Mm-hmm. And they proved me wrong with being a bit more complete this year with the young guys getting a lot better. You know, the people you've already mentioned, but, you know, Rupe hints too. It's continuing to become a great center for them. Um, Jake Ottinger, I believe, will... It's crazy. Remember we had this argument, like, okay, who's better, Jake Ottinger or Spencer Knight? And I know that there is something right now with Spencer Knight that is something beyond hockey, but I just mm-hmm. really believe, like, it's just kind of an example of the level of talents coming out of these first-round pick American goalies. And Jake Ottinger's just up there right now. Um, with Minnesota... I don't think that there's enough as well. I, I, like having him on the fantasy team and watching the Minnesota Wild when Kirill Kaprizov was out of the lineup, it just, it just to me didn't seem like this team was what it's supposed to be. I think that he's still an anchor in offense for them. They did get a bit worse with the goals for this year without Kevin Fiala, and I think this is a team that has been good for what they've lost good for what they're going to be bringing up Matthew Boldy is going to always going to get a lot better but there's still uncertainty there as much as I loved Flurry, you're right Adam he's not what he used to be Philip Gustafson I don't know how he's going to play in the playoffs their defense not as good as it was in previous years and that bottom six you know a lot of defensive responsibility but not a lot of secondary scoring there the, the other, sorry go ahead 
You're relying a lot on Ryan Hartman still. Yeah, he's still their first line center. Yeah, well, still, and, and Eric Sinek is isn't playing right now. Yeah, that's pretty. He big. was out week to week a couple weeks ago. I think which it you, was. you hate to hear. Yeah, he's like your only legitimate like center. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know what else is a really fun storyline in this series? Mike Badano? No. The Ryan Suter Revenge Tour. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. God. Never I forget. I forgot about that. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be fun. It's always weird to think that he's a, he's a Dallas star. I always forget Ryan Suter exists. I just Green remember, remember that story where because he was with Parise when he got called like, oh, you're being bought out. Oh, yeah. And he hung up. And then uh, Ryan Suter was like comforting him like, oh, it's okay, man. And then he <laughs> got the phone call after and then he hung up on and Bill he just Garrett. hung on Bill yeah, Garrett. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey man, um, fun storyline. I remember that really. It was uh shape the hockey world, shape the hockey world. Um, but yeah, no, just Ryan Hartman going head to head against Hints and Sagan and Faxa. I just yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it for Minnesota, which means they're probably gonna win. But you know, it's gonna be crazy in that in this series. You could go to any city and you're gonna see a retro reverse North Stars jersey. That's a very yeah. good point. Very yeah. good point. Okay, we go to the Central for a bit here, but this does have a Pacific team in it. Seattle, Colorado. Now, obviously, Gabriel Landeskog will not be playing in these playoffs. Um, basically missed the entire year. Knee issues. I believe he also had one towards the end of the last year. Um, and uh, he obviously, he did come back for the playoffs, and obviously, he was great, and they won the Cup. But um, I- I'm not going to lie. I don't buy what Seattle are selling here. And even without Gabriel Landeskog, I still like Colorado more right now. Um, what did I have them winning in? I have them winning in one second. The Colorado, if I can read, uh, I have where I can't find where I put Colorado. Give me a minute. I'm blind. That's where my- did I put Col- Colorado in five? Sorry. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I also have Colorado in five. Uh, I just think, I don't know. I I buy a little bit more of what uh, Colorado is selling. I think McCarr's back, right? I, unless I missed it, or is he going to be back for the playoffs? I do not know. One second, I'm opening a bag of Kit Kats. Okay, uh, so I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll be back for the playoffs. Um, so. Um, again, huge game changer, Caleb <laughs> Maybe not his Norris level season from last year, but still an absolute game changer. And I think having an elite defenseman will definitely come become of use uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. They're not as deep, and maybe this is for uh, for series later on. They're not as deep uh, this time around, so maybe that might bite them later in the playoffs. But uh, I would argue. Um, experience, um, Nathan McKinnon, um, Miko Rantanen, and Kale McCarr are, are great for a playoff run. Yeah, um, I, I think. Oh, sorry. Oh, going on. I was going to say I can't find anything right now on McCarr, but I'll keep looking. Okay, I, it's funny. I'm also going to go with five. I think Colorado is still an excellent team. They really kind of put it together when all of their guys were coming back. Um, we had that question of what's the depth going to look like after they lost so many guys in the offseason, but they've been able to 
really hold their ground and get the division when it didn't really come out of nowhere, but there was those early struggles in the season. We've mentioned revenge tours, you know, the Philip Grubauer revenge tour, but I don't think that's as much of a non as a factor as we think it is. Uh, I think Seattle, that was great for the city. That was great for how well they played, but I don't know. It's just when it gets to these games, Colorado's been there already as the defending cup champs and like the Kraken is just, I think it's just going to run out of steam. I think of what they're able to do. I think, you know, good effort getting into the playoffs, but I think Colorado gets this in five as well. Yeah. I, I think the thing, the, there are a bit of opposites at the moment. I think Seattle had a really good start and had slowed down. And I think Colorado had a slow start, mainly due to injuries and probably a hell of a playoff run. Um, but I think they're heating up in a way at, at the right time. Like they were, they weren't like dead last, like the blues, but they were just outside of a playoff spot. I think halfway through the year and they finished first in the division with 109 points. Right. So I think that's that's a pretty big uh, thing to look at, and I think their back half was a lot better than their first. That's for sure. So Makar has been skating. Um, okay. Apparently, he's expected to play in this series, but um, yeah, obviously he didn't play any of their last few games. But that's precautionary. But he he was joining morning skates a couple of days ago. So um, take of that of what, what you will. Uh, I also don't like. I'm Vince Dunn. Fantastic. Uh, Georgiev, I think, is an unspoken uh, sort of X factor in this season. I don't think it's been talked enough how good he is. Um, again, let me get all get let me get back up, money puck. Georgiev, ninth in goal saved above average, pretty good. And I wasn't very high on on uh, on Colorado doing that, like make bringing him in. I think it was enough, but um, and he didn't have a good start to the year. No, he didn't. And the whole like. The whole remember earlier in this year, Seattle had the highest shooting percentage. Sorry if any of you guys have said this, but I was trying no. to find Kale. Um, had like the highest team shooting percentage, like in some time or whatever. Regression sort of do there again. I don't know their exact PVL or anything, but I just good story. I just as much as I don't think the abs are going to repeat at the end of this, I still just don't think Seattle have enough juice in them to, to do it. Maybe they can make it a bit competitive, but I just don't know. I think it'll be a close five-game series. Let's put it like that. Yeah, hey, yeah. will it be closer than the Nashville series? Probably. But, I mean, that's not saying. Much. Oh yeah, from last <laughs> yeah. year, I'm like Nashville didn't make it this year. Yeah, yeah, but good. Effort. I didn't realize they had a playoff streak going. Completely forgot yeah. about that. So, Winnipeg, Vegas. Okay. I, I, this is a wild card series for me. I have Vegas winning, however. If Winnipeg won, I would not be surprised in a way. Because I just... Connor Hellebuck, man. I refuse to count him out. I refuse to do it. Again, I have Vegas in six. Um, and I, I am hoping that somehow we get a Jonathan Quick versus, you know, reunion. So I had a Vegas-LA series, even though, I mean, it's going to be tough to see Edmonton get past or sort of fail to beat LA. But I, right. I just... There's so much you never know what Winnipeg you're gonna get nowadays. Is it earlier in the season when everything was clicking and people were saying she Shifley was actually playing some defense? Maybe and they have a chance. Is it what they were a couple of weeks ago losing to the Sharks? Maybe or are they the team in 
the last week were rallying and all that. I, I don't know what to make of Winnipeg, and that's why I can't definitively say they're going to beat Vegas. Also, Jack Eichel finally in the playoffs. But yeah, I, I just yeah. I don't I don't know if there's I just I don't know Winnipeg consistently enough to be like I don't trust them enough to give them the benefit. Well, it, it's a matter of I sorry I should be clear I also have Vegas winning in six. Um, I I think it's a matter of what 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 Winnipeg Winnipeg team shows up like. The fact of the matter is, is this season I think we've seen two real um, different type of Winnipeg teams. I think they had a really good. Uh, part of their season and there was a part uh, it was an ugly part in the back half and Rick Bonus calling out his team like I- I'm not saying that's a team that's going to show up I think this is going to be a competitive series and having a Norris candidate in Josh Morrissey and a Vesna candidate in in um, Connor Hellebuck but it's a matter of what's showing up around them and we've seen two really different teams this year and uh it could either be an ugly series or it, can, it, it could be a, a very, very interesting series where they could steal a, the steal it, potentially. For me, I actually picked Winnipeg in seven. Wow. Daniel's, co- Daniel's coming out with the uh, with, with fire this time. Um, I think that um, this is going to go down to... This could go any way, I think, in game seven for both teams because there's so many storylines here where I think Vegas got more consistent as the season went on. <clears throat> and they have a lot of guys that can contribute, especially that back end. I know that they didn't really get too much scoring up front. Like, you know, Jack Eichel and Chandler Stevenson are both in the 60s. I know that they missed a few games as well, but and they don't have Mark Stone. And I, I think that it's going to go down to what you said, um, Alex, as well, is I think the goaltending. I think they been able to kind of manage Connor Hellebuck a bit better. You know, they didn't overload it like the way they used to. And I think that they they have this momentum going in that they're going to be ready for it. Um, but at the same time, it's still the Winnipeg Jets. We don't know what's going to happen with the top guys. They have, I think it's like so much of a good thing there that even if one or two guys are not at their game, they still have certain guys that can make those contributions. So... I'll give the Jets this edge now, but if I didn't have to give a prediction, I think it could go either way in Game 7. You're going against your Calder Trophy winner. I know. Going against Logan Thompson. The rookie, the rookie in the playoffs. Yeah, Unless yeah. Aiden Hill I don't, takes it after two Jonathan weeks. Quick? Yeah, I was going to say Jonathan Come on, I... Jonathan Quick. <laughs> Come on. Bruce Cassidy going to go with the vet, maybe. They got options. Yeah, They got probably. options. Um, to finish off, the two extremes of teams, as I've seen to understand, obviously, uh, the Oilers are, I mean, they have super weapons. They have nuclear weapons. They have the sort of, they have Godzilla, like the nuclear weapon tested and whatever, whatever, and it reacted like the random reptile gets it, you know, and then, you know, watch Godzilla. You'll be getting cutscenes and everything. They, they literally have Godzilla and, and King Kong on the team, right? And they're two of the big monsters they're about to go throw down. That's Dryside and McDavid, right? They just do like that's what we're dealing with, and the king seemed to be Mister. We're gonna neutralize you, Mister. They've gotten better. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Both mm-hmm. these teams have gotten better from when they played each other last year. Yeah. Um, now, is that enough for Edmonton to for sure get by in seven? Is there enough firepower from the Kings to get by? 
I'm leaning towards Edmonton here. I am. What did I actually say in my predictions? I think I, I hope I didn't do Edmonton dirty. I did. I have Edmonton winning in seven again because McDavid is just enough. Um, Again, Phil Deneau, I will always believe in you, my friend. No, that's it, my friend, but, you know, pizza boy. Saint-Jean, the shutdown man. Um, Warpasalo, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. But at the end of it, I just don't. It's hard to see McDavid of this year go out in the first round. That's like my biggest thing is I just he's gotten such a benefit this past season, 153 points or something. Yep. I, I can't see that out in the first round. Uh I have the Oilers in six. I don't think it's gonna be as close as, as you think it is. I, I, I think I know everyone's everyone's talking about how the oil like the Kings have gotten better, but I think the Oilers have gotten significantly better. Uh, more so to do with they have like just the guys on their own team that they had last year have gotten better. Um, they had a Vander Kane for well, he's been a part of the team for a full year. I know he was injured at point right. That was he was injured for part of this. Yes, he was because yeah. I remember Ken Holland had that lovely quote. Um, Stuart Skinner, I think, is better than Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen from that last year. That's an upgrade. Yeah. Matthias Ekholm, my God, is he perfect for that team? And I understand he's one defenseman and he's not going to be out there for 60 minutes, but I think he's going to be a massive uh, X factor for that team um, if, if they're going to go on a playoff run. If he's good defensively, they're going to go on a playoff run. And I think he's going to be. He's proven uh, that during his time, his short time with the Oilers. I, I think they're going to win in six. I think the Oilers, uh, the Kings will take a couple games. But I think hands down it's going to be the Oilers. I, I, frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Oilers make it to the cup final. I'm going to go with the Oilers, but in seven. I think uh, LA is going to make a series out of it. I think that, uh, you know, the bread and butter has always been defense neutralizing what you said, Adam, the the nuke that that's there. Um, I like Anze Kopitar and Phil Deneau against McDavid and Drysaddle, at least defensively. And I think the Kings have a bit more fight in them. They're like, it, it's not reminiscent of what they were before, but they're just. There's a lot more there that I'd like now. Um, they knew and learned how to add at a certain time. And I think they were perfect with that with Kevin Fiala. The way he's really developed into the player he is. Uh, Quinn and Byfield continues to get a lot better. Um, but I'm going to have to give the edge to the Oilers in terms of what they've been doing. And Alex, you mentioned it with Matthias Ekholm. They've just been so much smarter right now with what they've been able to add. And I don't know. I think like last year was also again like another lesson of like what the Oilers can do, but what they can get better at. And if you can get that far with Mike Smith, then I think the possibilities are endless right now with the Oilers with what they've been able to build. So we all say Boston beat Florida. I say mm-hmm. Carolina beat the Islanders. You two are on the other side of that table. We all think Toronto will beat Tampa. We all think that the Rangers will beat the Devils. Alex and I think Vegas will beat Winnipeg. Daniel, you disagree. And then all three of us agree that Colorado beat Seattle, Dallas beat Minnesota, Edmonton beat LA. There yep. we go. 
Um, I say we can. Well, let's push off the Hab stuff because we need a bit more time. And it will be it will be crunching with the with the start of the first round, but yeah. um, we'll push that back time. because yeah, because I think we got to talk about um some other big stuff going around in the league. Uh, Ron Hextall and Brian Burke are both out in Pittsburgh. The president and the GM are gone. Um, I've been I've been wanting to say this for a couple of days now. Um. I think if if you're out there and you believe Brian Burke doesn't deserve any sort of disc, like criticism from this and he wasn't making big decisions, I don't think you know who Brian Burke is. Alex, did you yeah. read his book or was it just Daniel and I? I can't remember. Uh, I don't have it's on the th- I need to go buy it, but I haven't had the chance to go to Indigo. So. so if you've ever heard him ever tell a story, or you've read his book, do you yeah, really yeah. think that Brian Burke is gonna go into a position with Sidney Crosby? and not want some sort of control. He is right there with Ron Hextall. If you don't think Brian Burke deserves any criticism from this and shouldn't be gone at the same time, you are delusional. I need. I have been yeah. sitting on that for days now. You don't have to read his book to figure that one out. You could watch him on TV. Like, it's and he'll, he'll mention about having to yeah. have a hand on the wheel when he's back working for Sportsnet in a few weeks, which apparently he's going to do, and I'm very excited for. But, like, come on, people. There's a reason he got fired upstairs to Calgary a couple of years ago. All due respect to Brian for Stanley Cup champion. Mm-hmm. But I just I, – I have been hearing that all week, and I – no, it's Brian Burke, guys. Okay, um, let's talk about this. Um, not surprising, I'd say, um, when you're the guys who accidentally uh, – you didn't mean didn't mean this, but when you are the, the, the group that ends Sidney Crosby's playoff streak um, – and I think Pryor's gone as well, and apparently he was the one who pushed them to get Michael Granlin. Uh, oh, boy. Instant reaction, lads. Well, not instant, because it happened yeah, a few days ago, I, but you know what I mean. I'm yeah. not surprised that it happened. Um, I think both of them being gone, I think, was definitely a bit of a shock. Do I think Burke, Brian Burke deserves some level of criticism for what had happened absolutely um i was just surprised both of them had begun i know you know they, they both came in at the same time so i wouldn't like obviously i'd imagine there was some sort of agreement that burke was fine with hexall but i was just surprised that brian burke didn't have his um didn't have the chance to bring his own guy literally his own guy in um, but I'm not surprised that Ron Hexall was fired. I just the the last sixteen months have not been particularly fantastic for that franchise. Um, just with some of the moves that they've made, and then you know, you talk Adam like you you always bring up how Kyle Dubis with Dubis and funny we talk about Dubis. Uh, yeah, I'm sure great. I'm sure we're gonna get there. Yeah. Um, I, you talk about Dubis. Uh, with the cap dumps and, and and stuff like that. And absolutely like the hands down, he does that, but I'd make the argument when he does that, there's something else that comes out of that. If yep. you look at Richie, you got Labushkin out of it uh, with Morazic. I mean, you move, you move down. It's not like you completely uh, lost yourself a pick. You've moved down in the draft. Um, something could come out of that with, uh, with Hextall signing Kasperi Kapanen, who was a healthy scratch during that season, to then throw him on waivers and lose him for absolutely nothing. Um, dumping Brock McGinn. Um, like it, Ricard, Ricard Raquel last year, great move, but that's not enough. Like it, 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 
it was it wasn't the top six that was necessarily the issue. You didn't yeah. address your goaltending needs. You 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 shuffled that Daniel said last episode, you shuffled the deck on D and you didn't get better. And I think that's what led to his downfall. I think you know it is it is a difficult task to continue building around an aging star core, I believe. Um and that's what they tried to do. But I think they were getting guys that I believe that they thought would play above what we've already seen. It's not like they were acquiring all these young guys hoping they'd develop in some way. I think you knew what the product was and you expected it to improve you in some way. I see it this way where you know you bring Kasperi Kappen. We knew what he already was in Toronto and you spent like crazy for him. Uh, you knew what Michael Grandlin was. You knew what Jeff Petrie was, especially that last year in Montreal. You knew what you were getting with him. Um, doing all of these deals to really kind of just keep you at, I don't know, I don't use this a lot, but like just to keep you mid. I don't say that a lot, but like, yeah, you were just mid at, at this point. I don't know what they were expecting, hoping that, oh, if we get into the playoffs, maybe just maybe we'll, we'll see something. Um, I didn't agree at all with what Rod Hextall was doing there. I, I didn't like that. There was so much emphasis on, for some reason, okay, like we saw there was so much shuffle in the bottom six and on defense when, like you mentioned, Alex, like goaltending should have been addressed in some way, but you kept bringing back Jari, kept bringing back Casey DeSmith. And I don't know what the legacy is going to be like with Brian Burke. I think that, you know, it was just time to realize that, okay, management has to have this clean slate now because we still want to do something with the final playing days of Sidney Crosby. But it, it's just weird. It's like, it's not like he necessarily did anything that was drastic, but it just, he, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird to me to kind of assess like what, what is Brian Burke's legacy in Pittsburgh? Because he did get them to the playoffs, but like this was just kind of the, the steam has run out. Um, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but there's just one thing I also want to mention too. I, I wrote in my notes about Pittsburgh as well is even before this management came in, they learned how to be really good without draft picks, without getting those high draft picks for so long. Um, but I think that their luck run out. Like they had the Brian Russ, they had the Jake Gensel type of guys that helped them with their cup runs. And it's it's like they were content with that and then they just didn't do anything else afterwards. You actually yeah, so you took a point I was gonna say. Like, where are the Mark Donks? Exactly. You know what I mean? Where are the Buzz Flibbits? What happened there? What happened? That was what made Pittsburgh special for so long. You lost your Mark Donks. You lost your your diamonds in the rough. And that was that legit that was filling in Pittsburgh's teams for years. And uh, they just, uh, you always, you never want to give too much crap for, quote, drafting and developing for teams like that. They're just constantly throwing picks at the thrall. But, you know, it's it's like they were a threat the past couple of years. You know, Sidney Crosby is always going to be a threat. Chris Letang, Evgeny Malkin and that. But it's just the big problem with those old Sharks teams, for example, like, you know, Pete Thornton and that. They were great, but they never had the depth. And mm-hmm. then you saw when they eventually played Pittsburgh in the finals. I mean, those runs for Pittsburgh, it was their depth 
despite all the injuries right. and that, that really carried them. And you didn't have that anymore. You got away from your identity. That's the big problem with Pittsburgh and what's happened there. I think, though, to be fair, and I'm not, I, I, I'm not trying to deflect blame off of Hextall and or the current or the uh, Hextall and Burke, but I think that's also re- a reflection of the last couple of years of the Jim Rutherford era in Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, that's because. Fair. Because you get the Mark Donks, you get the buzz, or in Pittsburgh's case, you get the Teddy Blugers, you get the Sam Lafferty's, you get the pick a name, like literally pick a name, make make one up. It, it, you get them by drafting and developing, and they don't come within two years. They come after four or five years, whether it's playing in the oh, playing in the Q WHL, like going through the AHL. And I think this is a reflection of the last couple of years of the Jim Rutherford era, which, which they were after those two cup runs, it wasn't particularly um, peaches and roses or whatever the saying is uh, losing to Montreal in the plane, in the, in the plane round in the bubble. Um, like it, it, it wasn't great. Right, so I think it's also a reflection of the last couple of years there, and I wonder if uh, new ownership, who, by mm-hmm. my understanding, it's which is FSG, who owns, uh, I know they own Liverpool in the Premier League. I don't remember uh, what other teams they own. I'm going to search up real the quick. Red but Sox. Yeah, I think uh, I think the the Red Sox too. Um, yeah, the Red Sox, Penguins, and and Liverpool. My understanding is they're quite analytically driven, so I I wonder if we're going to get that more of approach with the new management group who comes in because bringing in Hexall and Burke did not scream analytics yeah, no. to me. Okay, so there was I think Haley. Um, no God, not Haley. Oh my God, Shana Goldman was mm-hmm. um, putting something out or she was quote tweeting something and names like. Um, is it Alex Mendricky, the one who used to work in Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, got fired? How funny would it be? God damn it. Shout out to uh, Paul Fenton being awful. Um, names in that. Listen, it, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to entertain a Kyle Dubas conversation until the Leafs are done in the postseason, whether it's a cup or anything. Here's a name I would think of. And let's be honest. Um, if there is an organization that can outbid the Leafs, it's going to be probably Fenway. And I, I don't mentioned think that. So. I hold don't, on, I don't on, think so, on, though. Hold on. Because here's what they could do. I'm not even talking about Dubas. I'm just mentioning that this is a team that has money. Okay. Who's another really unknown? Oh, sorry. Dubas isn't unknown. Who's a really analytically minded, unknown individual who might want a GM job in the East and has built a yep. very good hockey team? Uh, even if Tyler he's in the Dello. GM. Hmm? Tyler no, Dello? Not Tyler Dello. In Carolina? Is he isn't it um it's not Dello right. in Carolina, is it? It's um it's the guy in Carolina. Why can't yeah, I remember yeah. his name? Is it not Tyler? No, it's not Dello. It's um oh, Eric Tolsky. Eric Tolsky. That's that's, yeah, it. Yeah, that's who I meant. That's who I would think of. Yeah, yeah. Because here's yeah. the thing, Dubis will have you'll have competition. Tolsky, you may as well, but like I think like the better bet is to go with Tolsky. Because you're not competing with the Leafs for a guy who, let's be honest, if they win rounds, the Leafs are going to throw everything they can to get him. So why not, or to retain him, go get Eric Tolsky. 
I mean, look at Carolina. That's a perfect example of a very, very, like, team that's run well. Or, again, hell, you go with Mandriki or someone else, but for the love of God, people, can we get a bit more creative here? There, were, I was thinking of Tolski all week, the moment yeah. I saw the analytics thing. I wouldn't be awfully surprised. But not what do I know? It's just, you know, um, it's just, I don't know. I didn't, the moment I saw that Dubas thing, I was like, great. Okay, I can't wait for this. Playoffs can I, can I, can I just add can I just add something to that though? Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, Dana. Yeah, I know I was I'll dumb. let you Go do ahead. it. Um, but um the conversation so from what I read about this Dubis thing is they both agreed that they would not talk during the season. Both, both, let me repeat myself, both MLSE and Kyle Dubis, both agreed that they would not talk about a contract extension midseason. So this massive idea that it's MLSE, and listen, man, they're an organization who tried to stiff Masai Ujiri. They did. Whoever the CEO of Rogers was at the time was trying to be a smart ass and, and not bring and try to stiff Masai Ujiri. It happened. Um, so I don't blame people for their thoughts about this. But the matter of the fact is they both decided that. So that's all I'm going to add to that. I don't want to talk about it. Anything else about Kyle Dubas and the contract? But Daniel, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> I was going to say that as well. I was about to bring the Messiah example. Oh. But uh, yeah, I kind of felt that too, where I I don't. Okay, we always say, oh, it's, let's just try to make it about Toronto. But I don't think that's at that conversation at this point right now. Um, we could We could bring up all the... The memes, we could bring up all the excuses of, oh, yeah, first round, all these things. But until it's all said and done, I think we we definitely don't talk about that. Um, I don't think the the Pittsburgh situation is reminiscent of what's going on in the Toronto situation of things. I think with Pittsburgh, they had the opportunity to do things. And I think they, they did too much of, okay, this makes sense. They did too much of doing nothing. If that makes sense. I think Cal Dubas didn't do that. Again, bringing up 2015 Blue Jays comparison, they went all in and they got the right guys who have fit into this team seamlessly. Um, we'll wait and see. Uh, it's not going to be a completely changing of the guard with Toronto. Uh, maybe we'll see, but it's just not a comparison you make at this point. Um, we have three other coaching changes around we should talk about here. Um, we'll do this quick fire. Uh, Daniel, Dallas Eakins out in Anaheim, go. Um, that was already uh, mentioned already before. I We knew he was going to play on his contract, and I think Pat Verbeek just wanted to tank because that guy would have been gone a long time ago. This was technically, historically, the worst defensive team ever. What was it? Uh, whatever... Boston were positive on go get differential. That's what Anaheim were, but negative. It was really yeah, like funny. it. It was actually like the worst. Like I think in terms of goals for and goals allowed, it was technically the worst defensive team ever. Um, Alex Brad Larson is out in Columbus. That was a little bit surprising. I don't know if you guys thought the same thing. Um, I understand how bad they were, that how great, not great they were this year, but um. I just thought, what, this is his second year or his first full year? Larson, like, I think it's been, yeah. I, think, I actually don't know. I think I like, think he's had some time. I'll, I'll get up his hockey DB. 
it, it was just I uh, I don't know. Could they go out and get a better candidate? Sure, but I feel like they could have gone out and gotten a better candidate at the time. Huh. So it was uh, odd that they signed him and then fired him. This is his second eighty-two game season. Okay. Yeah, I just you could have done the gotten a better candidate two years ago. So what was the thought problem? What? It's not like yes, the roster. Sorry, the roster is different, but. They were plagued with injuries this year. You lose Zakharinsky early on, who's your best defenseman. Like I don't know I, what what the expectation was for them. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to sit here and say I watch Columbus well enough. I know they always have trouble scoring goals. Maybe injuries. they want a guy. I think they did have some problems with some of their young guys. Um, I can't remember exactly who, but um, oh, Cole Sillinger, he got sent down. So maybe they want someone better to. So the, uh, you always wonder how much of John Tortorella is in Brad Larson. Maybe they just want a different thing. Anyway, um, don't want to spend too much time on it. We're going a little long. Um, but yeah, it's, it was kind of strange. Uh, Peter Laviolette is out in Washington. I mean, just what a... I, I have nothing to say about Peter Laviolette. I really don't. Um, it is kind of weird. I need to know who runs their power play because this year was like one of the first times it's been like out of the top five, I'm pretty sure. Uh, let's be honest here. Uh, if you're a, a cap fan, just go get a guy who's going to help you score goals and get Ovechkin the record. Go get Brudra. Get him back. Why not? Mm. Um, yeah, that's all I'll really say there. Uh, yeah, finally, it's not surprising. No, it's not. It, it just yeah. That was probably the least surprising of the three. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a mutually parting ways. Okay. All right. Sure. Okay. Uh, last thing we'll mention here. Uh, Jonathan Taves is not going to be re-signed by the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. He's played his last game. Uh, here's what I will say here. Um, listen, that Chicago team forever has its legacy tarnished. Um, like, let, let's just be honest here. Um, Jonathan Taves is part of that. Um He'll be a hockey hall of famer probably if his career is done. Who knows? Maybe he goes and plays in Winnipeg for like a year. Who knows? Um, but I don't want to celebrate Jonathan Taves' career in time as a Blackhawk. People can do that if they want. I just don't want to. Um, like I, I, I just, they gave him big ceremony. They clearly had it ready. Uh, we recently had a conversation. No, you didn't. Um, but yeah, I just, whatever. Great. If, if you're going to retire, go have a great life, man. I don't know what else to say to the dude. Like, a, you know, it is super surprising though, because it yeah. doesn't sound like he's retiring the way it it came off. It does not sound like he's retiring at all. So it was oddly surprising. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I, I'm super surprised that uh, the way it went down. But considering what they did last offseason, I guess nothing should be surprising. No. Yeah, they, just, they just want to keep losing. That's all they <laughs> uh, That's all they care about right now. Let's be honest. That's true. Yeah, it, it's a weird crossroads, I I think. You know, for me, growing up, seeing that Blackhawks dynasty there, uh, and then looking back at it now in a different lens of what was actually going on on the team, it's hard. It's 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 really hard because it's just that turn where. Remember, I don't know if you guys remember this, but remember when like they're like, oh, like 
they should give Taves a chance to be captain for some of the Canada teams. Do yeah, remember, I do. Yeah, do yes. you remember that uh, yes. argument they always have? They're like, oh, Crosby always has. Let's let's give Taves because he's technically like the the second favorite Canadian player, and while wow, that has aged so poorly, I I I see him as a great player, as a you know one of the best two way forwards. Um, came uh, you know into his own as a young player did a lot of the things olympic gold medal right away you know stanley cup pretty quickly into his career all those things but it's hard it's it's been a tough tough two years looking into chicago blackhawks and to not separate tapes from that would would be a disservice i think to someone like chris beach and kyle kyle, kyle beach my my mistake and I I don't know. It's it's just like I'm gonna sit with this one for a while because like I just don't know what to say about Jonathan Davis. Mm-hmm. On that note, uh, we will end the show. Um, we'll be back Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we will be talking about the first few games of the playoffs. Should be fun. Should be exciting. Uh, playoff hockey is always fun. We will try and. Stay up to date in the first round. It's always difficult. There's always one series that I can never keep up with. Last year, it was Minnesota, St. Louis. I just couldn't watch any of those games. It was so because there's just too much hockey to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, playoff hockey, it's tremendous. I'm all excited mm-hmm. for it. Um, will the Leafs win a round? We'll see. Will Minnesota do something? Maybe. Will the Abs repeat? Maybe. Will the Oilers make a competitive run with a consistent team? Yes. Maybe. Will a player play with an injury they definitely should be? Yes. Yes. Will it shorten their careers? Obviously. Just how it is this time of year. Uh, thank you for listening or watching, depending on where you watch it. We're on all, all, all the platforms where you watch, listen to podcasts, including YouTube and that. Spotify, all those kind of guys. Spotify video, even though I still don't understand how that works, but it's there. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.